Supernatural creatures and the forces of darkness have existed in the shadows for a millennia. They've been living in the shadows, tormenting individuals in small communities for generations. Most of these interactions were written off as superstition or urban myths. The supernatural world has been in the minority, secretly manipulating mankind from the shadows. However, a millennia ago, an ancient sect of Gnostic sorcerers known as the Obsidian Order discovered an artifact never meant for human hands. This artifact was known as the Trumpet of the Seventh Seal. With the blowing of the trumpet, the Obsidian Order unwittingly called forth the ancient and powerful demon known as Abaddon the Destroyer, Angel of the Abyss. Somehow, the Order was able to contain Abaddon, locking him away in a secret temple deep underground in Mesopotamia, where he laid dormant for centuries. Unfortunately, an archaeological dig broke the seal of Abaddon's tomb, releasing the demon and sending a plague of locusts that covered the earth, infecting all they came in contact with. In the wake of this cataclysmic event, now known as the Swarm, the world has been forever changed, and humanity struggles to survive in a post-apocalyptic landscape overrun by demonic forces and supernatural evils. The release of Abaddon and the plague of locusts that followed led to the rapid collapse of civilization as mankind knew it. Modern metropolises and rural areas alike fell to ruin, becoming haunted battlegrounds where vengeful spirits and demonic entities clash with human survivors and other supernatural creatures. In the midst of this chaos, the surviving members of the Obsidian Order are now few and scattered, their once potent magic weakened by the unleashed darkness. Among the remaining factions of humanity are the enclaves of survivors who have come together in makeshift camps. Each group struggles to carve out a meager existence amidst the horrors lurking just beyond their barricades. Food, water, and resources are scarce, and tensions run high as they face the daily threat of demonic possession and attacks from creatures of the night. Amidst this desolation, a glimmer of hope remains in the form of a prophecy. Ancient texts speak of a chosen one, a person with the potential to wield the trumpet of the seventh seal and banish Abaddon back to the abyss. The race is on to find this elusive figure and protect them from the clutches of evil, but the prophecy is surrounded in mystery and its interpretation remains uncertain. In the meantime, factions of pre-existing supernatural creatures have seized the opportunity to expand their dominion. As their survivors attempt to navigate this treacherous new reality, they must confront not only the horrors that roam outside their walls, but also the internal conflicts and divisions within their own communities. Fear and mistrust run deep 
and alliances between humans and various supernatural factions are fraught with peril. In this grim world, survival is a constant struggle, and the line between good and evil blurs. The fate of humanity rests in the hands of a few brave souls willing to face the darkness head-on, discover the truth behind the ancient artifact, and stand against the malevolent forces that threaten to consume both the living and the dead. The fate of the world hangs in the balance and the shadows await those who dare to challenge the abyss. In this treacherous journey, your choices will have consequences, and the true nature of the horrors that await in the Ozarks may be far worse than anything you can imagine. Will you face the darkness head on, or will you succumb to the malevolent forces that now hold this region in their thrall? In the heart of Silver Dollar City, where memories of childhood laughter and carefree days once mingled with the scent of cotton candy and the screams of roller coaster riders. Your makeshift cabins cradle you in their repurposed embrace. The dim glow of moonlight filters through the gaps in the wooden walls, casting ethereal patterns that dance across your sleeping forms. Dreams weave their threads through your consciousness. Visions of both a world long gone and the uncertain future that now defines your existence. But then, like a stone tossed into a tranquil pond, a jolt reverberates through the very foundation of your shelter, shattering the tranquility of the night. It's as if the earth itself has awakened from its slumber, sending ripples of unease that trace their way through your rest. Blinking groggily, you find yourselves tangled in your blankets and sheets, surrounded by the hushed stirrings of fellow survivors, perhaps gathering outside of your hovels. Um, so what you have essentially felt... Uh, makes you feel like you've been a part of a earth tremor or earthquake of some sort. What do you do? So where are we in like we're in like little shelters in Silver Dollar City? Yeah, pretty much the uh, the whole park of Silver Dollar City has now been converted to uh living quarters and uh, uh areas for socialization and eating and there's gardens and stuff that have been set up here and there so i mean it is a fully uh fortified sanctuary for the survivors of about 150 folks that uh, that live in this area all right given that um you know papa will jolt awake and of course is disturbed by by what he's felt but also just knowing kind of like what's already in place and where we're at He's going to uh, creak. His back probably creaks as he's getting up, but he's re reaching for the uh, the cane. Um, he's reaching for cane, and he picks it up, and he kind of just shuffles. He's not really using it to walk. He's just kind of holding it, um, but he's kind of heading over to the nearest window or door that he can peek out of. Okay. 
And you do see members of the community now kind of sort of doing the same thing. You see doors opening here and there, people kind of peeking out, looking out. Few of them are starting to make their way uh, out into uh, the the pathways of the theme park. Is this day or night? Nighttime, yeah. Nighttime. Mm -hmm. Probably about uh, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to... Ash is going to jump up and climb out the window. And uh, I don't know if what I'm in is very tall. If not, then wherever is a near building that's tall, I want to climb it real quick and mm -hmm. scale up there and look around, see sure. what's going on. I want to get the high ground. Um, pretty much once you get out and start looking around, you start to see uh, a few scattered people kind of peeking out and coming out onto the pathways as well. Uh, and looking out along the horizon, you know, the whole area around Silver Dollar City is surrounded by tall trees. Uh, so it's difficult to see up and over that. There is a lookout about maybe a mile and a half down the road that you guys sometimes use to really get a good look uh, around the area and especially into Branson itself. Uh, but that is pretty much unreachable at this point, you know, without, you know, uh, taking a, a good amount of time to get down there. But looking at the trees, you can see basically just the breeze blowing through the trees and nothing necessarily seems to be particularly out of order. Um, but you do hear uh, uh, kind of a, a booming sound, uh, muffled, uh, that cascades through the air and it kind of collides with the walls of the shelter. So you actually kind of feel it uh, when, when it happens. It's not like an explosion, but it was loud enough that there was a, a, a big crack. When that happens, you see some of the folks that are uh, on the pathways down there uh, kind of duck and cover just a little bit and kind of look around a little bit. It's surprising but not necessarily frightening or shocking, uh, but it was just a loud Boom, crack. I'm just lying in bed listening. Okay. Uh, and you start okay. to hear uh, the, the murmurs and uh, whisper, whispers outside. When you hear that boom, you hear a few people uh, let out little, oh, little shocks of uh, screams and so forth. Um, Is there but, like, like mm -hmm. pools of water vibrating like in steps of Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, no, not really. It was just that single boom. Is it quiet after? Is it pretty? Yeah, it kind of settles down immediately thereafter. You, when the boom hit, you did, uh, well, I'm going to backtrack that for just a second because uh, Asher, as you're looking out, um, you and the boom hit you would have expected a bunch of birds probably to fly off. Uh, there were no birds that flew off at that sound. Hmm. They reacted all, huh? Does that sound, did it sound like it was from all around us from a certain direction? Um, probably, just... probably directional. Uh, and if you had to guess from your location, it was probably northeast of, uh, of your location. And what's my knowledge of the region? Tell me it's northeast from here. Well, um, 
far further northeast, there's like a big golf uh, course uh, that's pretty far up, maybe about six miles up. Um, and directly north of where you guys are, there are some old like little shopping areas up there. But I mean, it's pretty sparse. Uh, it's like just one little strip of a couple of different shops uh, up north of you guys. Um, so that's what you're aware of up in that particular area. Uh, Smokey. Is this something that is known? Like, has it happened before? Is this something like a regular occurrence? Or is this something that people would attach it to? Like, they know, they know oh, we know what that is. Or we know what something sounds like that. No, definitely not. Uh-uh. Uh, Smokey's just going to go out towards the window as he does. He's going to hum along and kind of sing a bit of a low tune to himself as he's kind of just walking his way up <clears throat> as he's doing it. He's rolling a cigarette in his pocket. Okay. And are you going outside or just going to the window? Just going to the window. Okay. All right. And you see the same thing. Community members are starting to kind of wearily gather uh, in little groups outside and you can kind of hear the whispers, you know, uh, trying to figure out exactly what that was, what's going on. And I hear Smokey humming from where I, from our, our, our place is close enough together that I could hear him humming. It can be if you want it to be. It's up to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can make a, um, a perception check. It's a common occurrence for him to be doing that. Exactly. He's kind That's of he's kind of almost always doing that as he's doing something like even if he's doing laundry. And the shirt goes here, and the button goes here. I would hear it. Just what he does. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, you do hear your neighbor uh, humming. I'll start. Himself. I'll start humming along with him, possibly <laughs> singing the words to the song that he is humming. Okay. Do I hear the song? <laughs> <laughs> probably from where you are. Uh, probably not. Uh, being up on the roof somewhere. Uh, so we're break on the musical. Oh, musical <laughs> opening. Well, <laughs> <laughs> be... oh, what the hell? Roll a perception. <laughs> oh my. Okay, sure. I'll roll a uh, perception check. Let's see here and make sure I remember how. Is this a musical game? I, I didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't Did you hear it? Did you hear it? <laughs> I heard it. Oh, it's a musical episode of. Oh, it's, it's a 12. I don't know. That's going to be good enough or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably a little bit too far away. Yeah. Oh, well, gosh. Amongst all the uh, community members that are out and about, do I uh, do I happen to see Sarge? Is he anywhere around? Uh, Sarge has not made his. Well, no, I take that back because where you are probably located, there is actually a quasi like mansion on. Uh, on the uh, the property here that was, I mean, it was like a site where people would come and, and visit and it was called Grandpa's House. <laughs> uh, and just by default, uh, you have probably claimed that house for yourself uh, because of the name. Uh, and uh, 
Sarge's quarters are probably up close to where you are. So, yeah, you probably spot Sarge coming out uh, of his quarters. Yeah, then in, in that case, um, you know, if I, if I can get to him or get his attention uh, yeah. as gruffly and efficiently as possible, uh, I'll say something to the effect of, uh, we'll be getting everybody inside. Yeah, it's probably not a bad idea. This is unsett- um, unsettling to say the least. Yeah, let's see if we maybe can't start rounding folks up and kind of easing them down just a little bit and, uh, and getting them back where they need to be. If that was what I think it was, it, it sure felt like a like a quake of some sort. We got some stuff we probably need to be checking out. Um, tell you what, I'll start kind of rounding up the folks here and, and doing what I can to, to calm them down a little bit. Perhaps maybe uh, if you could uh, find maybe Rob and uh, and Tom, uh, gather them up. We need to kind of check on some of the supplies. And I tell you, I think my main concern right now, if that was a quake, we need to check on the entrance of Marvel Cave. That's probably true. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll go find. I'll go find uh, Tom first and see if we can get Rob. What head out to the cave first? You think? Uh, that's got to be the first priority. I, uh, I uh, think you know what's inside there, and we sure don't want it getting out. Let's go. And then I, I'll just immediately start looking around for for either of them, but probably Tom first. It'd probably be easier to find. Mm-hmm. You come across uh, both Tom uh, and uh, and Rob uh, already, kind of checking some stuff out. Uh, they are uh, near the uh, the propane tanks uh, and just kind of checking on those, making sure there's no leaks and so forth, and just kind of checking around that area as you approach. And as I approach, I'm I'm asking right off the bat, "We good?" Yeah, so far so good here. Uh, I I don't know what that boom was. It might have been some sort of aftershock, but we probably need to check everything out. I can grab the truck. We can load up ourselves, two or three others, for safety. We can head out there immediately if we need to. All right. Well, I don't think we probably need the truck for that. Most everything is uh, is all enclosed here that we, we need to be worried about. Um, but, uh, if that was a quake, you might want to grab the group and just kind of check things out at the entrance of, uh, of the cave. All right. Well, while you're checking everything out, you see stragglers, people wandering around, tell them to get inside. Sarge's orders. You hear me? Yep. You got it. We'll, uh, we'll meet up with you guys down there after we get everything checked out. Good. And then Papa's off to go gather up the other well-knowns all right um so are you gathering the rest of the team you think here uh, yeah probably and i'm probably honestly because I, I mean if i'm walking around if he's humming humming loud enough i'm probably hearing smoky from somewhere and i'll <laughs> probably start there and then make my way down the line you know, gather try oh. to gather i am i am in a little shack leftover like storage shack kind of out past the the main park that's still within the the borders Mm -hmm. and so i don't live in 
the city. Um, but I think, um, I mean, I jolted away. Can I grab my dagger, which I keep near me? Um, but I have um, in tune with mother nature uh, and I get an advantage on perception checks. So can I take a perception check just to see if I can see if it was natural or if it was creature or anything yeah. else? Yep. Going on? Mm -hmm. So and I just roll advantage on perception check, right? That's the way I read it. So you're in tune with Mother Nature and can detect the slightest disturbance in the environment. You have advantage on wisdom perception checks and a plus two on passive perception against stealth abilities. So yeah, make a wisdom perception check. And that's just perception or is that under wisdom? How do I do that? Uh, it would be, uh, you'll click on perception. On perception. Okay, that's what I mm -hmm. Ooh, 22. Okay. So, without question, you know that was that was an earthquake. Okay. Yeah. But that's all I sense. I don't sense creatures or the animals are not disturbed in the woods or anything. I think because you were so in tune with what happened. You probably woke up as the tremor was starting. You probably felt it coming before all of these guys woke up. Okay. And just as you were coming out of whatever dream it was that you were having at that moment, uh, you were awakened really by the birds that were flying away before the tremor actually hit because that's typically what will happen. If if an earthquake hits, usually the birds feel it first and then they go. Uh, so okay. you heard- I have a question though. Because yeah. you, uh -huh. you told Asher, you told Marks that there were no birds. Correct, but that was okay. after that was after the tremor. So that so it happened, he didn't see it. He didn't see it. All right, I'm just making uh, sure I clarify yeah. my brain what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I don't feel anything else. Huh? I just know it was an earthquake. Right. That mm -hmm. sounds bad anyway, I'm sure. Okay, I'm gonna make my way into town, I guess. Okay. Town. So, Papaw, you're uh, gathering everybody up, is that right? Yeah, we'll kind of, you know, kind of meet, uh, I mean, dead dead center. I'm just knock, knocking on doors. Hey, come on, let's go. And getting the ones, you know, the ones that we need to figure out what we need to do next together. Let's just get everybody out here together now and then go from there. When you knock on my door, I'll just, you hear threat or reconnaissance. Not sure yet. Could be both. Let's go. Yes, sir. And as everybody, as everybody's kind of gathered out uh, before we move anything, I say, okay, first of all, I know nobody likes doing this. But we're going to need to establish at least one link with one of you in case we need to split up. Who's comfortable with getting on the psychic link? And Papa's got the ability to establish an internal psychic link much the same way, other, you know. Uh, I for, I'm blanking on the word. Um, telepathy, that's the one. Um, mm -hmm. uh, can communicate, but it has to be pre-established beforehand. So, um, now, I do believe because of the rank that you are... Uh -huh. I think you can set that up with the entire group. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I forgot you did. Okay, because we started up a little bit. Okay, so, and Papaw's willing enough at this point because it's not an immediate threat to, if there's anyone in the group that's typically not comfortable with that, to let them opt out, but, because mm -hmm. I'm not the most comfortable feeling, uh, mm -hmm. but for me, it's best. 
Yep. So for members of the team that you have bonded with, which you bonded with everybody here uh, at level two, which we're past that, you can set up a permanent telepathic link to keep in contact with your team while in a 2,000 foot radius. And it is permanent. There's no time limit on it. That was the one I couldn't remember. Uh, you just have to state when you're implementing the link and when it's severed. We're doing that now with everyone who's comfortable. Okay. You know, I'm always good. Howdy, Papa. A lot of shaking going on around this morning. So I'm, I'm going to tell Papa that I felt an earthquake, but I didn't sense anything else. The animals were disturbed right before. But I don't so, know what Scale of 1 to 10, how sure? All I know, I mean, all I know is that it was an earthquake. Alright, good enough for me. As far as I know. That comforts me a little bit, but we need to go check out the cave. Uh, now, okay, as far as where this cave is located, kind of in the, in the city here, mm-hmm. I have got since undead of 240 feet and that is probably going to be on alert as soon as I can get within that cave. So I'm going to be prepared to do that. But as long as we're all good to go, we, I think it's time. Let's let's go check this out. Make sure everything's okay. Rob and Tom have everything here. Let's let's go make sure everything's all right down at the cave. All right. And so you can see some of the communal the community members that are you know trying to comfort each other and and some of them trying to usher uh, each other back into uh, their personal abodes and the murmurs were gaining in momentum and exchanging glances with one another uh, and carrying within them little subtle language of shared curiosity and trepidation there's a chorus of questions in the air was it thunder was it uh, an earthquake Uh, some sort of lingering aftershock of the cataclysmic events that plunged the world into this chaos or was it something else, something more enigmatic, a riddle whispered by the very fabric of reality itself? So you're, you've shaken off the remnants of sleep and are working your way through the throng of survivors. And lanterns flicker like stars within the makeshift haven. Tensions intermingle with a strange excitement, both fear and fascination converging in the hushed conversations that reverberate through the night. The very foundations of your sanctuary uh, still seem to vibrate with the echoes of the disturbance, the thin boundary between safety and the unknown quivering beneath your feet. With every step, you inch closer to the heart of the intrigue, uh, and you are drawn past the heart of Silver Dollar City, which is the central fire pit. Its dancing flames cast elongated shadows that stretch and contort across the ground, reminiscent of specters reaching out from the depths of the past. Huddled figure gather like moths to the flame, their faces aglow with flickering orange light. And amidst the congregation, you catch glimpses of some other familiar faces. Becca Lawson and Jake O'Connor, two of the brave souls who often venture out of the park on scavenging missions with your group, Grace Turner comforts a small group of children frightened by the noise as Rob has gone off uh, to check some of the facilities with Tom Morrison. And Ellie Thompson wanders throughout the small crowd checking for injuries. She's the kind of go-to doctor of the group. And 
Fortunately, there seems to be no injuries at first glance. The fire's warmth and the shared hush of anticipation become a stage upon which, on, upon which all of your paths now converge as you all come together. United by the undeniable pull of curiosity of the rumble that awakened the community in its slumber. One of the others that uh, shows up there at the fire is your old friend, uh, Simone Walt Barnes. Uh, the old African-American gentleman that's the storyteller uh, of the group. Uh, and you hear him uh, as he approaches you, especially, he comes and he whispers, Bald Knobbers. Does he whisper? <laughs> bald Knobbers. And that quizzical look uh, tells him you don't remember the story that he told you uh, several years ago before you, before all of you came here. And it was in the times that he was sharing his stories with you out there in the real world, the real natural world, before mm -hmm. it became what it is now. Uh, and he looks around at the rest of the group and he says, hmm, I don't think y'all were here when we had to put them away, was you now? Gather round. I got a tale to spin. It's a tale of moonlit nights and vigilante men. It was a time in the Ozarks back in 1884 when the hills were restless and the lawless spirits roared. Out there on a bald knob hill where the firelight danced and gleamed, a secret clan assembled. Masked and cloaked, it seemed. Woodcutters they were, from Christian County, bold and fierce. And this was their time of pursuit, their night of revenge. Under the moon's pale glow, they gathered round that fire, bearskin jackets, masks with horns and deadly dark secrets. The leader, in a voice of steel, spoke of a thief they'd chase, hog-stealer, and the justice they would meet. With shotguns loaded fierce and true, on horses and mules they rode, a motley band, a vigilante crew, down the worn path they strode. Arriving at the cabin, a rugged voice did call, Hiram Bates, come on out now, for the bald knobbers stand tall. Hiram stepped out on the porch, shotgun firm in hand. Who goes there? He questioned, not heeding their demand. We're the bald knobbers, the voice rang out. We stand for law and order. No hog stealing about. The masked men rushed upon him oak and hickory switches in hand, a lesson they would teach him as they struck him down where he'd stand. With welts and wounds, they'd leave their mark, a message loud and clear. The bald knobbers meant business, and their justice all would fear. Yet, tales can twist and turn, my friends, from virtue to disgrace, for the bald knobbers' ranks did learn a darker path they'd trace. As power grew, so did their might. 
and vengeance knew no bounds. They masked their faces in the night, sowed chaos all around. The Christian County bald knobbers, fierce and feared they'd be, wreaked havoc, spread disorder far beyond their territory. A trial came, the courtroom heated, verdicts handed down, some fined and shamed while others defeated, danced to the gallows' frown. So ends the tale of the bald, knobbed days, a time of shadows long when justice twisted in strange ways became a vengeful song. Remember, friends, the lessons learned from history's winding trail of vigilante's fire once brightly burned now echoes in our Ozark tale. And so, the tumultuous chapter of the Bald Knobbers came to a dramatic close, leaving behind a legacy of both vigilantism and violence, of justice and lawlessness. The trials, the hangings, and the fading echoes of those rugged times left scars on the land and the people who called the Ozarks home. But the tale does not end there. For the legends of the bald numbers took on a life of their own, weaving their way into the fabric of the region's folklore. As the years passed, a new layer of mystique enveloped their memory, intertwining reality with the supernatural. It is said that the spirits of the bald numbers found their final resting place within the enigmatic depths of Marvel Cave. The the very cave where they had sent countless souls to meet their doom now became their eternal prison. Some speak of eerie encounters deep within the cave's labyrinthine pa passages, whispers on the wind that hint of a presence not of this world. Could it be that the vigilante's tormented souls remain trapped within the subterranean darkness forever haunted by the deeds of their past? Others tell a different story one of retribution and revenge from beyond the grave. The cave crawlers that now call Marvel Cave home, dwelling in the shadows and the hidden corners, are whispered to be the descendants of those very vigilantes of old. These creatures, twisted by time and circumstance, are believed to carry the legacy of their forebearers' misdeeds. The stories tell of glowing white blind eyes that pierce the darkness of chilling cries that echo through the caverns, and of an otherworldly force that seeks to balance the scales of justice. Now, whether these cave dwellers are the avengers or the avenged, whether they bear the burden of the bald knobber's sins or seek to right the wrongs of a bygone area, remains a mystery shrouded in the mists of time. The Ozarks, with its rugged hills and hidden caves, holds its secrets close, leaving us to ponder the fate of those who once walked the line between hero and villain, between man and legend. And as the moonlight dances upon the ancient hills and the wind whispers through the trees, the tales of the bald knobbers live on, echoing through the ages and weaving a tapestry of history and myth that is as complex and enigmatic as the very land they called home. So this story uh, that our old storyteller has brought back up reminds you of what happened before you all came here to Silver Dollar City. 
it was a meager existence, I think, for the folks that lived here at that time. It was maybe two dozen, three dozen folks that lived here at that time. And there were stories from the early days here about these cave crawlers that would come out at night and start stealing. First, it was some of the food that they had salvaged themselves, the the, the folks there that, that were the early settlers here in Silver Dollar City. Uh, but then they started taking pets, animals, livestock, and then they started moving on to humans. And it was at that time that the cave was actually sealed. And these cave crawlers often became referred to from these old stories of this area as the bald knobbers. Now this was a true story, what he, what he told about these vigilantes of old uh, that would uh, hunt down folks that they believed to be on the wrong side of the law. And they turned uh, at some point in their history and became outlaws themselves. Uh, so what our storyteller was basically telling you was these myths have now somehow morphed into this dark reality that we now live in. And whether it's true or not, there is a danger within that cave and a danger that they locked up some three years ago. Papa, for one, uh, has gotten most of his his memory back uh, from his, you know, I mean, the memory he does have back, a lot of it has come from um, stories and reading books and turning, and obviously, you know, talking with guys like this. So I, you know, Papa takes almost everything this dude says as, as you know, almost prophetic in, in some sort of way. So, he, you know, um, he's kind of whipping around to the rest of the group like, all right, well, you heard the man. We know what we're dealing with, potentially. Anyone want to turn around now before we head out to the cave? <laughs> Just go back to the dead. I don't know. <laughs> Are they big enough to cause an earthquake, though? That seems like... I don't know. No, I don't believe they caused the earthquake, but the earthquake could have opened the seal of the cave. and. They might be among Wait. us soon. That's yeah, that's that's my big concern too. Let's go in the cave. Well, I I've been up a tree for the last four hours because I drew the short straw and had to uh, take the early night watch this evening. So okay. although I had my hand on the bell, nobody came to alert me that they'd um, they needed everybody to take up arms. So. I just waited there for a second sign of anything going wrong, and I don't think I could see anything. And when the crowd's people came out, and um, the the next watch offered to take over, put up a semblance of uh, normalcy to keep the crowd's people calm, I joined the crowd. And so, Walt, I'm just catching up on everything here, but I think I take your meaning, and. You know, I, I I think I understand that you're saying there could be some danger to us if we go out to the cave, some, some physical danger from actual people or, or what's left of them, the cave crawlers. 
there could also be some spiritual danger, some some demonic um, remnants of the 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 souls that have been left there, and then also that as a as a group that ourselves believe we are just and have a just cause, we should keep some caution in our actions as we head out. Is there anything I've missed? Well, those of us that were here in the very early days of this community know of what could be coming out of that cave. But now that we've had some time to gestate within the confines of that cold darkness down there, and there's no telling what else might have arisen during that time period, or perhaps just how much more violent they have become. For all we know, they starved to death. That would be our hope. But if they're still down there, I can imagine they probably ain't going to be too friendly. So proceed with care, my dear. But you and your compatriots here have proven time and time again that you are made of firmer stuff than some of the rest of us. So just be on the lookout, watch your backs, and I'd advise taking a flashlight if that seal is broken. There's no telling what you might come up against. I'm going to take a flashlight and extra batteries. <laughs> All right. <laughs> can I use... Smoking. I'm looking now, but can I use my way of the flame as, as like a torch? Can I just have like a flame in my hand? Uh, let's see. Or do I need a torch or a lamp or something? I haven't looked that closely. I'm looking now, but um, I think that you could, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because it lasts for one hour until the plan is uh, is basically deactivated. So if you if you light it, then it should stay lit for up to an hour. Okay. So Asher's ready to go in if you want. I, I forgot I have an animal bond. So oh, it's yeah. Cool. Yeah, we so it's, figured that, right? So if it's cool with you, I'm going to have it, because I'm pretty sure crows are in this region, I'm going to have it be a crow, and I call her Suki. So I'm going to have her, I'm going to telepathically ask her to, like, hang out around the opening of the cave and keep an eye on it and let me know if something comes out or comes in or anything like that. All right. Do you have, like, raven sight? <clears throat> yeah, I can see through senses and so telepathically nice yeah just with just with her <laughs> there's one out see i don't have stats for a raven in here uh but i'll i'll put that together for you so that so that we can have that uh for the next round I tell her to avoid all fights because we don't have stats for <laughs> <laughs> just writing it down here for yeah answer. i forgot i forgot about that <clears throat> Okay, cool. We'll, we'll get that added in. Okay, so I guess you guys are heading towards the entrance of Marvel Cave. Is that right? Kane and Hank, yes. So the entrance to Marvel Cave is actually just inside the entrance to the park. Uh, and it goes down kind of a set of steps. I'm going to see if I can pull up a little map here for you. Oh my gosh, you got our first map. Oh, mm. first map. <laughs> all right there we go neat so up around the north part of the map up here this is the main entrance 
and there's like a little tower uh, off to, as you're looking at it, off to the right uh, of the main entrance. And within that tower, down underneath, would be where the entrance to Marvel Cave uh, would be. Um, so I'll pull the group up there so you all don't have to move yourselves. I'll just move all of you and get you in that general direction there. Um looking around at the cave you've passed by this many a time you've heard probably some of the little smatterings of these stories you've heard the term bald knobbers and you know what they called the creatures that were in there but it seems like so long ago that most of the folks have kind of just forgotten about them uh this thing has been sealed up for three years plus uh and nobody's really given it a second thought you know some of the some of the guys you know like tom uh and uh rob will come by and just check everything out every once in a while every couple of weeks or so just make sure everything's all in place um and maybe some of you guys have accompanied them and they've told you a little bit of the stories of the bald knobbers when uh, when they were here and had to deal with them the description of these things, basically what they have said, and, and nobody really got a, a great look at them uh, because often they would just come out, grab what they wanted to grab, and then drag it off into the cave. But they were small, kind of almost goblin-like creatures. Uh, they were defined as kind of having kind of long spindly arms, but they were very strong. Uh, they They could drag uh like a deer carcass uh basically one-handed and pull it uh into the cave uh so just they were stronger like, than they just just like one of them or like a whole like a little one group? one of them all right yeah so they were certainly stronger than they looked um but they always would only come out at night uh and the belief was because oftentimes they were described as having these kind of white glowing eyes everybody believed them to be blind uh so uh that's really about the only description that you guys have but taking a look at the entrance to marvel cave um the whole community here is it, it basically looks like an old west town uh, for the most part. And so the entrance to this area basically kind of looks like an old gold mine is what they've uh, basically dressed it up as years ago when they when they built this. Um, and the cave itself, apparently somebody must have, uh, it, it had like big wrought iron metal doors uh, on it uh, that were solid. And somebody whether it was Tom or Rob or somebody else had gotten out a welding torch and basically welded the whole thing shut. Uh, every seam going around the whole thing was welded completely shut. I'm taking a look at it right now, um, anybody that, uh, that wants to can, can make a, um, I would say probably intelligence mechanics or arts and crafts wisdom role get a wisdom i can make that roll. <laughs> okay question before i do that because i have that renaissance thinking that lets me change uh wisdom and intelligence around mm -hmm. 
I've got the proficiency in mechanics, but if I switch that, would it actually be a plus six there instead of a plus three? And does it know to do that, or do I just make an, a wisdom roll instead? Okay, so, uh, say that again. Sorry. My renaissance thinking lets me switch my intelligence and wisdom. Uh, uh, so sh- do I just make a wisdom roll, or should I still stick with mechanics, but then add plus three to it because I've got the bonus from wisdom that I can... Um, you would want to, pro- if you want to switch it out, that's no problem, but you'll need to kind of do that mechanically underneath the chat window, uh, okay. roll a d20, and then add however many points that you need to add for that. So you've got three additional, too, so that's cool. Okay, I got it. Just checking things. Did that pull up? It did not. What happened? Oh, and I was telling me to. Oh, it's counting. Oh, I see. Okay, I see what I did. Do you know how to reset? Because I've clicked it. Now it's telling me I've got two D twenty, but I want to go back to one. Uh, I think you right click it. Yeah, you right click it to go down. Okay, there. All right, so eleven. All right. Oh, it okay. didn't add the either, so it'd actually be just proficiency in that. So it'd be thirteen. Okay, and then if you see on the bottom there, it's got like pluses and minuses. That gives you all of your bonuses. You can just click it up and down to get the bonus that you need to get. Oh, okay, sweet. Okay. All right. Uh, so the DC on this, what what you needed to roll was uh, a thirteen or above. So uh, how many people rolled thirteen or above? Thirteen. <laughs> All right, so taking a look around at uh, the entrance that you know to be the entrance to uh, to the cave, uh, everything actually seems to be in order. It still uh, is completely sealed uh, from the look of it. Um, Can I put my ear and hand up against it, just listen and feel if there's any sure. kind of vibration mm-hmm. or anything? Yeah, you make a perception check. No, definitely not. What door? <laughs> door, what door? <laughs> is there, I mean, just looking around, around that area and even around a little bit outside, there is no other, I mean, you said the entrance is sealed, but there's no evidence of any other cracks, I guess, or entrances or collapses or whatever that may have created some sort of other side entrance or anything. Yeah, and I mean, really, with... With you guys walking the path to get down here, I mean, you're kind of just kind of looking around for anything else. If this was indeed a uh, a tremor or an earthquake, you're kind of just nonchalantly kind of checking to just make sure everything is in order. As far as you can tell, there's been no real structural damage anywhere. Do we know that this is the only trance or yes, other... yeah. Okay. Uh, as far as as long as you've been here. Everything that you know of, uh, this was the one and only entrance into the cave. Gonna break down the door and go in. <laughs> <laughs> open it ourselves. Can I have a Suki do a fly around of the cave area to see if there's anything disturbed, anything odd? Sure. Um, that'll roll on your perception, I think. Uh, and does that give any bonuses? I don't think it does. I don't didn't say anything about bonus. Mm-hmm. 15. Okay, 15. And as I said, you know, it's a pretty thickly wooded area. 
uh, on the outskirts of, uh, of the park itself. Um, when the when the walls of the park basically they basically back right up against the forest that comes right up to to the park itself. So there's really very no visibility or clearing in that in those areas. There might be a few little patches of areas, you know, that are open and so forth that the that the crow can kind of see in in a pass, but pretty thickly wooded area. But according to what she can see, uh, everything seems to be in order. Uh, doesn't seem to be any other animal life out there that you know seems to be threatening of any sort and seems pretty quiet. What do you think, guys? Well, at this point, uh, I'm still unsettled, but the only thing, uh, I mean, nothing seems out of order. I'd just suggest maybe talking to Sarge and see if we can get a uh, an extra, you know, security detail, a couple folks out here to watch it for a couple days, make sure nothing comes up, but everything seems to be in order. That's the best we can hope for. Do we go back to bed then? Hmm. <laughs> you have to roll for that. <laughs> Roll for bed. <laughs> the she um, says, I'm uneasy. I, I feel comfortable that everything's in place, but I'm still uneasy. Like, I don't want to leave this spot, but at the same time, I uh, can't shake the uneasiness. Mm-hmm. And while you're trying to kind of brush that uneasiness off, you can spot coming down the path from uh, from back in the, uh, uh, in the park, you see Tom and Rob uh, approaching, approaching you guys. And they had said that they would probably meet you guys down there anyway. Uh, so, uh, Tom has his head down and just shaking it as, uh, as the two of them are walking up towards you. He looks a little dejected. Well, I think we figured out what that big boom was. We got nothing back here. What's going on? Yeah, we got a problem at the trough. And the trough, for the record, uh, is kind of the nickname that the community has given uh, the storage tank uh, for uh, the community's water supply. Um, if that was indeed what we thought it was, and a little tremor, it was enough to wake us up, but it was also enough to take off one of the supports of the water tank. We've lost the entire water supply. Hmm. Um, So this tank was something that that, uh, Rob and and Tom had kind of put together. It's a pretty ingenious little uh, contraption that they built. And it's kind of a combination of a rain collection and uh, a collection of condensation uh, to basically just constantly be, you know, refilling itself. Um, but that is where all of the water pretty much comes from for the community. Where's that located at on this map, roughly? Um, on this map, it is not located on this particular map. Uh, it, it's on a, a different portion of the map. So this is okay. one section of, uh, of Silver Dollar City that you guys are looking at. Um, where the water tower or water tank would be, uh, would be located in what's called SDC West. Uh, so the west side of Silver Dollar City, kind of in the old water park area. 
Yeah, I have a really stupid question. Mm -hmm. Isn't Silver Dollar City on a lake? Uh, no. It's kind of up in the hills. Okay. I haven't been there since I was a kid. I just remembered it being <laughs> on a lake. There is a lake that is about maybe three quarters of a mile down the hill, and that's where like the resort for Silver Dollar City would be. Um, and we'll we'll get to that at some point because uh, <laughs> okay. that's that sure. is an outpost for Silver Dollar City. Uh, so they can kind of keep an eye on that area of the lake. We got any reserves for that? We got so well. I was thinking we could start. I, I mean, I can help bring the water up. Maybe I could try. I can roll for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of water. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I could start something maybe in the meantime temporary little stream or something. I don't know. Um, like this every... is the reservoir, right? Basically our, our reservoir for water. Right. It's not necessarily like we no longer have water today. Uh, before well, we, before that's, we that's take where care all of that the water part. was for sure. So, I mean, as far as keeping the, uh, the community, you know, hydrated, that's, that was the main source there for everybody. Yes. Well, so we only have whatever we have taken out by canteens and right. stuff like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. While that is definitely an issue, perhaps we should make sure that the cavemen are not an issue, not an immediate threat before we address that. How many of you guys have uh, survival uh, as an ability? If you've got survival, I'm going to have you make a, a roll on that. I do. Yeah, I do too. What's E5? 12, 15, and 22. Uh, 22. All right, Papaw. <laughs> uh, you can... It, when they're talking about the water and trying to refill it and all that... Oh, Simone got a 27. Damn, Simone. Holy wow. shit. Natural 20. Uh, um... So both of you guys, Simone especially, you immediately recall uh, seeing a tanker truck uh, about maybe a mile up uh, where the old like garden center used to be. There was one that was parked uh, up in the parking lot there, left behind years ago. Now, surely that's either empty or... Uh, it's it was definitely broken down uh but there was a tanker truck there and then further up maybe about another two miles up the road uh there is a water tower uh within range of where you guys are there's a possibility if that if you could get that tanker truck up and running and get it up to the water tank it's possible that you guys might be able to refill that and replenish uh, the, the water supply here fairly easily. The survival roll also reminds you that the lakes in the area uh, are perhaps not the best source. Uh, even though it is fresh water, there are certain patches that you certainly would not want to pull from. Um, and uh, if that water tower is still viable, 
uh, and has some reserves in it, that would be the cleanest water that uh, that you would have access to, and that tanker would probably be the easiest way to get it there. So on those rolls, then I look at I look at Simone, and she, I mean she's younger than me, so she beats me to it by like a split second. But at the same time, we're like tanker trap. <laughs> we remember, <laughs> and we Jinx. start <laughs> and we start processing that. Uh, and talking, you know, relaying kind of that idea, that, those memories, I think, to Tom, uh, Tom and um, Rob and uh, kind of the, the rest of the group. I think if I can get my uh, toolbox, we can probably work on that truck and get it moving if we need to. Well, we need somebody to work on the reservoir as well. I got to fix the light, right? Yeah, that's something that... Uh... Tom and I can take care of. Rob speaks up. He said we can probably get that uh, get that support fixed and maybe add some extras since we know we've got some issues of trimmers in the area. Uh, we can fortify that a little bit. Maybe while you guys are trying to get the water tank refilled, we can be working on that. Uh, and as he's speaking, you guys uh, spot Sam Jenkins kind of coming down to to join the groups. And he says, "Hey, fellers, uh, I, I suppose y'all told him about the uh, the little flood we had." And Tom nods his head. Well, we got bigger problems. My uh, storage shed, where all the food's been stored, got washed into with that flood. Now, the good news is most all the food in there is just fine. I had all of that up on shelves and packaged up real good and all the canned goods was fine, but the bad news is, is all my salt's gone. All my salt packets were laying out on pallets there uh, close to the floor, and when that flood came on in through there, it just washed away all the salt. Now, that may not sound like that's too bad, but you gotta understand, it's the salt that keeps all of our meat fresh. And if I don't have that salt, any new meat that's brought in that I haven't already packed away, we're not gonna be able to have a, a good supply of meat from, from the hunting expeditions. So we got us another problem on top of the water. Where can we get Where some we salt? We get our salt. Yeah. Your track of salt on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> well, broken down truck assault. I, as some of y'all know, I, I suppose you probably might recall, I used to work down at uh, Rock Lane Resort uh, at the grill down there, it's uh, Rock Island Grill. Now, when I was working down there, we had a shed uh, out by the pool house that we kept a lot of our uh, uh, non-perishables out there. Now, I had a whole truckload right before all of this shit hit the fan put off in that uh, in that shed out there. So if it's if it ain't been raided, which I imagine it probably hasn't because of where it's located, you could probably get uh, a pallet or two out of there. Now, the bad news about that is uh, Rock Island, Rock Island Grill, the Rock Lake Resort, is located down in what's now referred to as the fungal zone. Uh, and that's down in the area of um, Indian Point. So that whole little peninsula that kind of juts off into the lake, 
that whole area down there has been basically overrun by some sort of um, weird fungal virus uh, that has taken over that entire area. Now, you guys have done runs down into that area when you needed canned goods and so forth, so you've been in there before. And you know that the best time to go is actually during the nighttime, uh, because during the daytime, what a lot of people are referring to as the fungazoids, uh, which are basically people that have been overtaken by this fungus, basically come to life down there during the sunlight hours, and then they kind of hibernate at night. Now you have to be stealthy while you're going through there because they can be awakened. Um, but push comes to shove, even though that's a pretty dangerous zone to be in, it's safer to go to uh, at night. And that is to the south of where you guys are located. So two separate directions here. Let's uh, party. Let's party. <laughs> That's what I get for creating an open world for Dana. We're just going to go everywhere. <laughs> well, and Papa says, it sounds like we got three problems. We're missing, yeah. some, we're missing water, and we got these knobbers that might show up. Now, look, everything here that we've been able to check out seems to be in order, seems like it's still sealed. The water, we're going to need ASAP. So I think at best we probably deal with that first. Well, if you're thinking of getting that tanker up and running, then uh, you probably ought to take Henry with you, Henry Martinez. Uh, he's the uh, the town uh, mechanic, basically. Let's round him up. What do y'all think? I agree. Uh, is this tanker in an area that is prone to attack from people? Well... Anywhere outside of these walls is going to be someplace that's prone for attack from either people or something else. Uh, so, I mean, that's why we, if Henry's going out there, he's going to need someone to guard him, guard him while he's working on that tanker. My only worry is that the cave is not as sealed tight as we think it is. And the cave people attack while we are away. Well, we got some folks here that can keep watch. How far is this tanker again? Tanker's probably about a mile, mile and a half up the road. The um, water tower is probably about four miles up. Okay. So, could I use, I mean, for, I mean, unless it's one of our group that does it, is there somebody else in the town that I've bonded with who could stay and keep an eye on the entrance to this? And that, that way, I, they, you know, we can reach each other via telepathic link. It's probably going to be the quickest way for them to let us know that there's a problem. We need to come back. Range-wise, I don't know if you got that kind of range. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, you've only got a 2,000-foot radius. So that's going to take you outside of that for sure. But there is a, a a bell tower type thing that there's a tower out. here, but unfortunately that one's probably not tall enough uh, to be spotted. It probably maybe just clears the tree line up there, but it's, but I mean there you guys have flares uh, as a stockpile, uh, so I mean you could probably set somebody in the tower and then send up a flare if anything happens. 
Uh, Richard, does that make you feel better now about the entrance to this gate? I went to get pretzels. I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> <laughs> These pretzels yeah, are making pretzels. me thirsty. <laughs> well, we're going to set somebody up here with some flares to let us know. If anything goes wrong, flare goes off, we come back. Sound good? Sounds good. I will. I just wanted to be the voice of reason. Well, then nothing will happen to us, and we'll be an exciting game. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I know. I know the god of this world. <laughs> with that, with that decided, then suppose we go into town and roust up old. Uh, what was his? What was his name? Henry. Henry. Yeah. Henry. Yeah. Okay. All right, so you can gather him up, uh, and he he agrees to go. He gathers some tools uh, and uh, says he he's ready to go whenever you guys are. Uh, it'd probably be best, you know, under the circumstances. Maybe we wait until light of dawn uh, to head up that way. We probably don't want to be getting out in the middle of the night. Um, none, none of those fungazoids up that way, or they are just hang out by the lake. Just down by the lake, yeah. Well, then in that case, everybody get a couple hours of shut-eye, and we'll go first light. I'll stay, and I will hang around the cave and meditate and listen. Or gotcha. going to make Richard. And the good news is the night passes without any further incident, either uh, for those of you that are able to catch a few winks of uh, shut-eye or for anyone that happens to be keeping watch on the cave, everything still seems to be fairly quiet. So, uh, fortunately, at least for now, it seems like you've avoided any further issues uh, for for tonight. Next morning, you guys wake up, uh, meet up with Henry, uh, and then begin to make your way uh, up towards the garden center up north. Uh, and I'll show you, I've got a, a map kind of of the area itself. Let me see if I can pull that up here. Where is that? Sargary map. I'll pull you guys to that first. There's a lot of stuff on here, so it may be a little difficult to make out, but you can see Silver Dollar City pretty much right in the center of the map. Just above where you see storage units and gardening supplies, that's where uh, it would be that you're heading to get the tanker. And then up a little further, uh, you'll spot the little green mark up here that says Water Tower. Got it. Oh, there's um, just witches up there, that's all. Just witches. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Fortunately, I think the Water Tower is maybe just outside of that little area there. Right. I, I do love Branson West says in parentheses haunted. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so your experience uh Frick, Papa, since you've got the truck. Yeah. You know that taking any motorized vehicle out uh, into the wild out here is always taking a risk. Yeah. Uh, the, the sound of the engine, uh, the sound of the, the truck going over gravel, over pavement, can be enough to kind of rustle things up. So when you do take the truck out, you always know it's best to kind of go at a slow clip. Usually about 15 miles an hour is about as fast as you're going to go. 
Now, with as close as the tanker is in this instance, it might be safer just to hoof it. Uh, it'd take you maybe about 15, 20 minutes maybe to get up to uh, where the storage or the uh, uh, the garden center would be. Uh, maybe maybe 30 minutes probably uh, at this distance just walking at a good, good pace. He's, Papa's going to be bringing up the rear on that. So yeah, 25 mm -hmm. minutes probably solid. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you guys want to do? You want Do you want a chance driving or do you want to just hoof it? Papa's not even in Papa's truck, right? He's not even entertaining the idea. <laughs> He's telling them all it's a mile. Let's go. Okay. I'll entertain arguments, but... <laughs> No, we're going to have to drive the truck once we get it going. So, is exactly. driving another mile harder? Do we want two vehicles in case the tanker breaks down? More noise. If it breaks down, we fix it again. Alright, so you guys are going to travel up there on foot. Everybody's going to need to make a stealth check. Oh, I lost it. Come back. We could have bikes. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Ooh, Eliza. Karma? <laughs> <laughs> did that roll? I know it did not. There it is, okay. <laughs> Apparently Simone fell down at one point in time. <laughs> Papa's grumbling the whole way up. Alright, so I'm going to ask each one of you what you got. Uh, so, Smokey, what'd you get? 18. Okay, Richard? 18. Asher? 17. Um, Papa? 9. Simone? Nine. Seven. Sorry, seven. Lucky seven. Lucky seven. <laughs> and I think I saw Eliza's. You. You're you twenty-five. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta. It's like, you 20. guys shut yeah. up back there. Nat twenty. All right. Yeah. So, this is when we do this, where everybody rolls on the same thing at the same time. This is basically what's considered to be a group roll. Uh, and basically majority rules on this. So you are all essentially kind of helping each other. And when somebody stumbles or potentially might be making a noise, those of you that succeeded are able to catch them before they step on that twig or what have you uh, to, to cause, you know, them to, or the group essentially to be noticed. Uh, so you are able to make it up to uh, the garden center uh, without any incident. So I'm pulling you to the garden center map here. Once you arrive here, you see, you know, there's a, a parking lot out front with a few smattering of cars, most of which uh, are in uh, a great state of disrepair and disarray. Uh, the tanker truck doesn't look great. It looks pretty good on the map because I had to just plant one in there. Uh, but it's rusted, uh, but the tank itself seems to be intact. Uh, there are three flat tires on the truck itself. Uh, 
which as soon as Henry spots that, he realizes, oh shit. Now we got to work cut out for us because now we got to figure out how we're going to get tires on this thing or at least blow up the ones that we got. Um, so it looks to me like that bus that's over there, even though it's in pretty bad shape. If a couple of you guys could maybe work on getting the tires off of the back of this one right in here. Uh, I might be able to jury rig uh, and reset some of the tires on here so that it kind of balances out. I might be able to utilize those if we can get some air in them. Somebody else, probably I'm going to have to have you go into the garden center itself and see if we if you can find maybe an air tank uh, in there. It's going to have to be something that we can actually just pump uh, since we probably don't have any electricity running out in this area. Uh, but I'm sure they've probably got something back there that we could probably use to put some air in these things. He kind of dives into uh, the hood of this thing and starts taking a look around. He says, oh, fuck, it's a mess in here. It's probably going to take me a while. I'm going to need probably at least eight hours on this thing to get it up and running. So y'all keep watch. If there's anybody else that knows anything about engines and vehicles i'll be happy to take the help we can move this thing along a little bit faster if i can get an extra spare hand so if anybody's got mechanics yep papa sure does uh, uh, where did it go there it is okay okay now this is one i'm gonna switch again so I can get the plus three on my wisdom. I'll just roll the mechanics, but I don't think it's going to add that plus three from that switch. Okay. Yeah, and you, and you can just add that manually oh, for yourself if you want. Yeah. Is that under extra terms? Is that what that's for? Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Plus three. Sweet. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. Sweet. All right. So difficulty level on this is 13. Yeah. Um... So you kind of get in there, kind of fumble around. This is maybe a little bit beyond what you've done before, you know, working on a big tanker truck like this, but you're starting to kind of figure it out. For every hour, I'm going to have you roll, okay? Um, those of you that are going to try to salvage the tires, um, I would need uh, you all to... Uh, probably, let's see here what I'm going to roll. Either mechanics or vehicles, probably, uh, for, for that roll. Well, I'm pretty good at vehicles. Could try that. I'm just mm. going to do the garden. This dog's begging to go out. I'll be right back. Yep, you're cool. <laughs> I can... No, he's just going to be watch, because his... I can do whatever you want me to do. Stand on one leg and bark. No, 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 no. I was thinking going to forage in the garden center is more my skill set. Okay. All right. So Simone and Eliza, if you guys want to go in and do a little salvage uh, run, uh, if you want to roll survival. 
All right, so Eliza and Simone kind of head into the garden center itself. So as you're looking at the map, you can kind of see, you know, there's like this big garden here. It's all completely overgrown and in, in pretty rough shape. But, I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's live plants here for sure. Just beyond that is where the actual physical garden center would be. And there's a, a garage uh, off in the back there. Uh, Simone... Uh, you're able to kind of come out with basically like a bicycle pump, uh, essentially, is what you find. Um, they definitely had, you know, a couple of motorized uh, air pumps back there, but unfortunately, since there's no power running to this, that's not going to be viable. But you do find a bicycle pump, and that will be enough uh, to uh, be able to pump some air into these tires. You can probably jury-rig, you know, something from some of the mechanical uh, uh, air pumps to attach a nozzle that'll actually fit uh, the the tires on the truck. It's going to be a long process, uh, but that is something that you guys have right now is plenty of time to pump these up. It'll probably take about an hour per tire, uh, in all honesty, because these things are so big. Uh, so, um, for... Uh, Smokey and Richard, uh, you guys are basically kind of keeping watch, is that right? That's correct. Okay. Everything seems to be fairly quiet uh, right now. Doesn't seem to be anything really going on. So the first hour passes without, uh, without much of an incident. Uh, for Simone and Eliza, it took you about an hour to kind of find that pump. Um, so uh, Asher, uh, and actually all three of you, well, somebody's going to have to find a third tire somewhere. Um, and you've pretty much kind of exhausted, uh, the parking lot that's here for viable, uh, tires. Now, when you guys were, went back to the, um, garage way back, you could see some other like old, farm equipment and stuff like that so there might be a tire on one of those potentially that you guys might be able to salvage I can go uh, check that okay so uh, if you want to check that make a uh, survival check then please Ew, I am rolling for shit and that's okay 13 was what you needed um, Good. so yeah on one of the pieces of machinery back there there's there's a tire that is going to take some some work to get off you're going to have to probably grab a jack from somewhere and jack the thing up so you can get it off but uh with asher maybe helping you you guys should be able to do that so we're going into hour two uh papaw if you want to make a roll on your uh mechanics there it is there you go so it takes an hour off of the time uh, uh, that it's going to take. So seven hours total. So we're two hours in, so you've got uh, about five more hours worth of work at this point. Um, for uh, Asher and Richard, if you guys want to make a vehicles uh, or mechanics roll to get that tire off. Ooh, there you go. All right. Thanks. You get the tire off, no problem. Smokey, if you want to make a um, perception check. 23. Okay. And second hour kind of passes without incident. 
um, at this point, we all probably would want to be working on, and maybe while Richard and Asher were off getting the tire, maybe the girls might be filling up one of the tires together. Um, we'll go into hour three, and Papa, if you want to make another roll for us. Cool. All right, so taking off another hour. Um, and then... Asher, if you want to make a, a roll on uh, vehicles once again, that's good. So now you're in the process of probably getting the tires on the tanker itself. Uh, with the help of the ladies, uh, you're able to get at least one of the tires on. Uh, Smokey, make a roll for me for uh, perception. 43 again. 23. Okay. Um, you swear that you maybe saw some movement up in the garden itself. Uh, who's around? Uh, like, they're all kind of in this area, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> who's the only person who's not really focused on anything that I can notify? Give the heads up. I'm always focused on something. <laughs> uh, he'll um, he'll kind of call out to to Richard. Uh, what's pa uh, what, uh, what about passive perception? What's what's everybody's passive perception? Richard, what's yours? Twelve. Twelve. Uh, Asher. Oh, you're on mute. <laughs> Fourteen. Fourteen. Simone. Seventeen. Seventeen. Uh, Papa. 19. Ooh. Eliza. 15. 15. Okay, so even though Papa. Okay. <laughs> you forgot uh, me, man. No, I didn't forget you because uh, you're the one oh. that I'm actually uh, checking for. Uh, so um, even though Papa is, is uh, elbow deep in this engine of this thing right here, uh, when, when you're trying to get somebody's attention and looking around, just the mere fact of you kind of looking around catches Papa's attention uh, and he's you already see that Smokey's dander is up something's going on so uh, Smokey you see Papa kind of staring you down and maybe giving you a shrug or a look like mm -hmm. what's up yeah that's exactly yeah, uh, not saying a word just kind of on with my eyes Smokey pulls his uh, I believe it's a revolver out and kind of just says like moves his hand like this and then and points the gun up towards the guy. What was that? Arboretum? What's the, what is this thing? Uh, it's just a, a, a little garden that they have okay. uh, kind of set up. It's got stonework around it, stairs leading up to kind of a, a balcony level that looks down into another and then a, another balcony level with this large tree is up here. Um, so yeah. where did I see the movement? Uh, kind of around the tree. Around the tree? Mm-hmm. So, so he'll, he'll do the motion and then just go like that and points directly towards that tree. And Papa looks over toward there and waits for a second and looks back and just goes. Okay, Smokey, uh, make another perception check for me, please. Uh, dirty 20. Dirty 20. All right. 
you, as you're kind of pointing up in that direction, you see just the glint of like a reflection of light. And immediately followed afterwards a uh, and something whizzing in your direction. I know. Whizzing in my direction. Um, mm-hmm. We. <laughs> uh, I would ask what your defense is, but uh, I don't know that that matters. Uh, now, since you saw the glint, uh, I'm going to give you a chance to dive for cover. So I think you just declare that you are diving for cover because we kind of dealt with this once already. got to figure out where that is. Combat actions. Where are you, dive for cover? Thought that was under attack actions. It's page 226, right before attack actions. Thank you. It's just a little off. Okay, so dive for cover. Uh, When you're about to take damage from or otherwise be affected by an area effect, uh, such as an explosion, sleep gas, or other character taking suppressive fire action, they can use the dive for cover reaction to avoid damage. Yeah, so that actually doesn't fit in this. Uh, so I think dodge is going to have to be what you do. Using a dodge action lets a character focus on avoid being hit in combat. When a character uses dodge action, anyone attacking them has disadvantage on their attack rolls, and the character has advantage on saving throws. Okay, so I'm going to roll for him again uh, and take the lesser of the two. Oh, and you have one step ahead. You can choose not to fall prone when you take die for cover action. Got it. Okay. Yeah, since we're not doing that. Right. Okay, so uh, what is your defense? 17. 17. So he got 17. So it is going to hit. Uh, well, uh, I mean, you can, you can, if you're taking the, that is your action. So you're still going to take the damage. So here it comes. First damage of the, of the game. 14. Uh, and you guys see Smokey uh, get clipped in the shoulder and a spray of blood. Just <laughs> now you only hear like a, so it's a, a silencer uh, that just came from up in the area of where that tree was. And at this point, I think we probably need to roll initiative. So I'll start our combat Watership encounter. Watership down, everybody. Watership down. Remind me how that is done again. Is that a D10? Uh, if if you go to combat encounters where the swords cross up at the menu up at oh, the top there. right, mm-hmm. and then this fig- this figures your bonuses into it. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. With fast reflexes, I have advantage on initiative rolls. So if I, I roll, is it going to roll twice for me? Do you think it does not? We we yeah. did find that out. I have the same thing. Uh, so go ahead and roll initiative. Uh, and then you can roll another d20 at the bottom of your uh, 
chap window, and then if that's better, then we can feed that in. I don't know if this will carry over, but where it says roll down there, you can add dice. I don't know if that will still, I don't think it factors in the bonuses at that point, but you can that roll plus minus subject and a bunch of dice to it. Hmm. Uh, you rolled already, right? So yeah, you've got a plus once. two. Yeah, but then I just rolled a 21. Okay. With a so plus a... one, so for some reason it gave me a plus one on it. I don't know why, but that would so... be plus two, so I would be 22. 22. Okay. And I, I rewrote mine and got 24. Okay. Second one. And, and you said 24, Asher? Yeah. And this probably doesn't, this isn't useful now, but I have to swift, swift retribution if someone gets attacked mm-hmm. within my movement range. I get a reaction to unleash a swift, devastating counterattack. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. good. Can't really necessarily see them, but I could maybe shoot an arrow their way. I, I don't know. Just. I'll let you know in case that's valid. Okay. Uh, then what I'm going to have you do first is mm-hmm. roll a perception check. Perception? Okay. And uh, difficulty of 17? Oh, piece of Yeah, 17. Let's see what I get. Nope, nope, not, definitely not. Okay. <laughs> All right. I would be so swift in my retribution if I could see you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so top of the round, then it's Asher. So it is your turn. Uh, right now, you can't spot anybody. Where do we think he might be? Somewhere up around that tree. Around here. Is there some cover where I could, like, you know, use some parkour skills to kind of like. Absolutely. Yeah. If you take a look at the map here, you've got the steps right here that lead up to this balcony area that's right here. So that balcony area is up about eight feet up off of the ground. There's a door right here that leads into the courtyard in this area right here. So uh, that this whole area right up in here is about eight feet up off of the ground. And is there like a. And there's some cover there up on the ground, like some, like if I crouch as I'm yeah. running, uh-huh. I can get yep. covered. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do then. I'm going to, um, so I got, um, so I can just like hop up over that and go straight line pretty much. If that's mm-hmm. cool with you and travel to, to that point there. Okay. So I'm going to, oops, sorry, I'm learning curve here. Oops. I move. <laughs> Select open. That would help. Like right there. So I, oh, and I can actually. I'm sorry. I get a bonus to dash. So I guess I get. I can double that, right? If I just move. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. So let me calculate that real fast then. So that was half my movement. And I'm gonna stay up here and go the other forty feet, which is, yay much right there all right so that's going to put you in three quarters cover uh right there because you get basically got kind of a wall uh that you can kind of duck down uh as long as you stay low then uh then you can be in three quarters cover all right cool that's me okay uh richard i see what he did and i will raise him <laughs> um normal movement is how many in this game i forget already. 30 30 okay 
And each block is six? Uh, each is five. Five, gotcha, okay. So, one, two, three, four, five, six. And then as my bonus action, I will use dash. And move again so that, and I can jump up the wall too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and get right there. Okay. All right. Now we go to someone else. Gorgeous Holden. Papaw. Um. Papaw is going to tell Henry and kind of shout out, actually, to kind of like the entire, almost the entire group, like, get behind something or get under something. And as as he's saying that, uh, say five, ten, he's going to head basically, I mean, in a line, I just couldn't do it at an angle, but he's basically heading for, like, this wall to get as much cover as he can from that wall without going up the stairs. Okay. So these two squares right where you're heading right in here, yeah. that's that's an opening going into the courtyard. So if you stood in this square or this okay. square, that would put you in full cover. Got it. And that's where we're that's where we're headed. And I've shouted out to everyone else to do the same thing as we saw what just happened to our buddy. Okay, Smokey. Smokey is going to because he can't really see. The, the figure, I think it was just a glint of light, and then I got you got shot, right? Yeah. Now, since you did see the glint of light, I can tell you a little bit more specifically, roughly where that was coming from. And it was just uh, right in about this area. Do you see where I'm pinging right here? So just mm -hmm. up and to the left of the tree. Yep. And you said that this wall it provides cover? Yes. I, I assume you can see what I'm. Uh, mm -hmm. Yep, here. I can see it. Okay. Um, so he's going to uh, run and then dash to get to the 60 feet to get cover somewhere up here. Okay. And just so all of you know, uh, those of you that haven't played this before, uh, dash is an action. So that that is considered an action. So, Papaw, you did not dash. You just moved your regular. Correct. Uh, and I movement. made you next time. I was thinking that was something. I didn't realize that was something everybody had. I thought that was like a special thing for a second. Mm -hmm. But that's yeah. okay. Yeah. No, I mean, you're in good uh, cover there. So, I mean, you can no, still not. make an action if you need to. So, you're oh, basically yeah, holding an action at this point. Yes. Okay. I'm going to continue to do that for now. Okay. Um, he's going to use his bonus action to mm -hmm. uh, use Empowering Chorus. Okay. Uh, and it looks like it would only affect Richard. Okay. But he now has advantage on uh, his next attack or ability check until my next turn. Okay. And I guess and was, that would go for anybody that? within 30 feet. And what is that called? Empowering Chorus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And I guess that's within anybody that comes in within 30 feet of me before my next turn. Simone. Uh, I'm going to move up to crouch behind 
the um, start of the stairwell. And I have an arcane barrier plan that I think I could enact to create a protective ward around myself for the duration of the battle. Okay. Which, what's the name of that plan? It's Arcane Barrier. Arcane Barrier. Okay. So you gain resistance against one type of damage of your choice while the plan is active. Uh, the resistance reduces the damage taken from that specific type by half. So you saw uh, or heard a gunshot based off of that. <laughs> the, my suggestion uh, would be, I think it's piercing damage. Do I have to roll for that or am I just enacting the plan? Uh, I think you just enact the plan. I don't think any roll is needed, but you have to spend uh, one genius point to enact it. Uh and then you also get a plus two, just a general plus two to your defense. So whatever your base defense is right now, anytime I ask you what's your defense, add two to it. That, so that's stackable, basically. So if you look at what it says, you, get, you receive a plus one bonus to your defense at level one. Uh, the defense bonus provided the Ar Arcane Barrier increases to plus two at level three. You are level five, so you also get damage resistance against one type of damage of your choice, which basically means you take half damage if, uh, if damage is being dealt to you. All right, so then we go one more. All right, so let's do this. Okay. Dana, Eliza. Okay. Uh, right behind you, the bus is uh, is right behind you, and you hear a ping off of the bus as a bullet whizzes past your head. Okay. Uh, and then I believe it is your turn. I want to back to the unexpected in action, but can I? I think I haven't moved. So expect the unexpected. When I enact this plan as an action, I prepare myself for every form of attack for the next hour. Defense bonus is plus three, but are we still five? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. So, but I think you're bouncing off of somebody, so somebody's got to speak her up or something. Frank, could you mute yourself? Thanks. Is that better? Um, yeah, it's, it was Fricks. He was just picking up the voice. Okay, yeah. I was like, we're oh, used to it. <laughs> okay. Okay, so your defense bonus then becomes a plus four. Because we're at level five, right? Right. So you have to spend a genius point. So make sure and take a genius point off. All you got to do is just click genius, and then it will take the point away from you. Oh, I see. Okay, done. And Simone, I think. Oh, you, you, you've clicked it too many times, Simone. <laughs> I don't know if I can give those back to you or not. Uh, you, you took it down to zero, so uh, you should have four. All right, and Henry is going to dive for cover. He's, he's getting underneath the tanker truck <laughs> and getting out of the way. 
And then with me having held that action, mm-hmm. I can can I enact it now before it moves to yes. this? Uh-huh. Okay, yep, you can. So what I'm going to do because I know I know that that you know where he was standing when he got hit, mm-hmm. and that they obviously see him because they hit him. So what I'm going to do is with full cover, I'm going to call on my divine light. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to walk into the the entrance there that you pointed to, like where I'm at now. That goes into that courtyard, like where I'm visible, right at yep. that point. Okay, mm-hmm. what we're doing. So with the divine light, any enemy that can see me, once I roll it, I got to roll a successful DC 10 on wisdom, but any enemy that can see me has to do the frighten check on a D6. Five or six means they're frightened. Gotcha. Uh, so that's a wisdom. Uh, let's look back up here. Uh, oh, no, nope, we'll do it this way. Plus six would be 18, so. Okay. And then, do they, do they get a re- resistance to that at all? It does not say that. The only resistance they get is the D6. If it's five or six, they're frightened, so I assume the resistance is if they roll run one through four, they're not frightened. If they're not frightened, they do have uh, advantage against attacking me. Okay. Um, if, they're, if they end up not frightened, but... Wisdom, okay, wisdom saving throw with a DC equal to eight plus your strength modifier plus your proficiency oh, bonus. Yeah, okay, yeah. so uh, your what is your strength modifier? That is, I think, two, yeah, plus two. So 13, so they've got to roll 13. Oh, I see what you okay. All right, just read that part, but still doing it. Okay, got it. I got a few of them. And then that's it for you then, right? Yes. Okay, so we go back to the top for Asher. Asher, first things first, let's roll a perception check. Now that we have a little better view of the area. Okay, all right, so. Got dirty 20. What you can see from your vantage point is hiding uh, right up in this area here, just behind the little barrier that's right here up at the top of the steps. You see one dude back in that area right there. Um, and then opposite of him, just up a little bit, right in here, there's another guy right behind the arch right here as well. Does either one of them have a sniper rifle? Uh, can't tell. You can you can basically just see you know like a like a shirt and like maybe like a bandana or what have you. But you can see a little bit of movement up there. They are also in about three quarters cover. Okay. Um, if I uh, is it going to make any difference tactical wise if I move down just a little bit with my bonus action and then hop off to attacks? Or do uh, I need... Nope, I don't think okay. so. I'm going to do that just so I get a little bit spaced out a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, whoops. Over here with some cover. And I'm going to fire off two rounds at uh, my bow at this, the first, the gangster is closest to me. Okay. Now, I will say in the direction that you have moved, the one that's opposite of him, you'll have a little bit better shot at. So he'll be in half cover rather than three quarters. Okay. Whichever one I got 
best shot at then. Yeah, I'm better view like. here. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna try to shoot him. Pop off a couple couple arrows his way. <clears throat> Let's see where my inventory is. Oh. First one's a nineteen. You can go ahead and roll right. dam if, or did I hit? Oh yeah, you definitely hit. Okay. I'm go ahead and roll damage then or right yeah. now or okay. mm-hmm. This is fifteen. Okay, so fifteen. Yeah, wow. And then I'm gonna try again. Oh, critical. Oh. So it's double damage. Yeah, I'll select the critical for damage then. Oh, 15. <laughs> and both arrows, correct? Yep, so 30 total. Okay. Uh, you hit him uh, in the shoulder with the first one, and that what that does is it kind of causes him to go back and then right through the eyeball with the second one, and he drops. Yeah. One down. Uh, Richard. Make a perception check. Yes, I would love to do that. And hopefully I get it. You have advantage on this. That's why the question is, I guess, is it their choice? Still just a 12. It's their choice, but I don't know who would turn that down. <laughs> Actually, well, it says on their next attack roll or ability check. Okay. So I yeah. guess they don't have a yeah. choice. That's fine. I'll take... Oh, yeah. I still only got a 12. Uh, that's okay, because uh, with what just happened to this guy's buddy, okay. uh, it caused him to kind of move a little bit more, so it lowered the DC to uh, up, uh, 10 on him. Okay. So... Uh, you can spot the guy that's right here now. Gotcha. Okay. Well, what I'll do is I will jump down. And using... actually, one more. I'm going to do one more here for you. Oh, okay. In the oh, trees, over there. right over here, you spot another one. In a tree or on the ground? On the ground. On the ground. Okay. In the foliage. Uh, um, do I see him holding a gun? Can I tell uh, that? Yeah, he is holding uh, a pistol. Okay, gotcha. All right, I am going to rush him using my soaring crane technique, meaning I get twice the movement, and he cannot make an opportunity attack on me. Okay. And then, as my attack movement, I will whack him with my crane, uh, with my stick um, using lightning let's see uh, what, what, what does that do and basically so with my advanced combat training I get to make two attacks on him okay so and with my let's see is that a bonus action no so with the chi that should automatically come on automatically that's there I didn't realize he was going to be so fun to pick. <laughs> Alrighty, so first attack. Did that do anything? Nope, it didn't. Nope, didn't see anything happen. So how do? I... Oh, sorry. Okay, so this is your first time doing that on here. So yeah. you're using your quarter staff, correct? Quarter staff, yeah. So if you look at uh, you where it says two handed, and then the plus five, 
just uh-huh. across from that, hit the yeah. plus five. Gotcha. Okay. Use that then. Oh, gotcha. Alrighty. Um, do, 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 do. So that would just be normal. But I get to Ooh, do it twice. That is a critical hit, sir. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, so now roll your damage for the first one. And that's right next to that. You're yep. 1d8 plus gotcha. 2. And hit critical. All right. So 12 on that. Mm-hmm. And then roll again. Mm-hmm. That one missed. Okay. Right, so you did uh, 12. Okay. And then as my bonus action, Mm -hmm. I am going to go into flowing stance. Assume a fluid and balanced stance ready to engage in combat at plus two bonus to your defense and gain advantage on dexterity saving throws until the start of your next turn. Okay, cool. All right. Since I'm standing right there next to him. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see about this guy. All right. So this dude uh, saw his buddy go down, uh, and he's going to pop up over the wall and take a pot shot at Asher. Uh, Asher, did you kind of duck back down after doing yeah. the bow? Okay. I want to keep my cover. So... His difficulty is going to be 20 to hit you. Got a 22. All right. Damn it. The sharpshooter. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to take seven points of damage. Uh, all right. Pat Hall. Oh, you're muted. First of all, apologies, because when I was talking about this earlier and I was trying to look at the screen and do it from memory, I got Divine Light and Mark of Death mixed up. You did it right with the DC Strength and Mod and all that, but now I'm oh, okay. going to do the Mark of Death. Mark of Death, okay. Thinking of. Yes, so that's now, one. Does that have the stipulation of you have to be able to see those no, people? I specifically wanted to do it because I checked the others and they all do, but this okay. one doesn't. This is just okay. every enemy battlefield. Got it. Uh, now, before uh, you do that, go ahead and roll a perception check. Before do perception, okay. Mm-hmm. Second, oh, over here, got it. Okay. And what'd you get? 19. 19, okay, cool. All right, so let me open up something else for you here. Get that, we got that. You now see another figure just barely up over where the one titled enforcer is here the one that says sleepless yeah um african-american gentleman uh, in a long green dark trench coat uh that has a sniper rifle kind of trained uh on the field it looks as though he's taking aim at at straker right now richard Okay. And that's it. So uh, you've got three now that you're contending with. So you've got the Enforcer, you've got the Sleepless, and you've got the Gangster. To the extent that I can do both, because mm-hmm. the mark affects everybody on the battlefield, can that be done while I'm shouting out to Richard? To, like, yes. My shouts? 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. As I'm doing, I'm doing the mark of death thing. I'm I'm like Richard Snipe down as loud as I just get three words out as loud as I can. Okay. And then uh, doing the mark of death. Do you... I gotta roll. Yeah, I gotta roll DC ten on wisdom, uh, which is plus six. So here goes nothing. Okay. Uh, 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 and yeah, plus six will take me there. So. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 All right, and then these guys have to roll what a six, and if they roll five or six, they're frightened. Okay. Oh, if oh not, they're frightened, or don't they get the mark no, of no, death? No, no, sorry. I, damn it, I keep getting it mixed up. They get the mark of death, yes. Okay. They're all called mark, it's like mark of, glimpse of, da da, da get, I keep getting mixed up, but yes, they are, yeah, they get the mark of death. Five or six. Alright, so Sleepless does not. Yeah. He's the one I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> right. Enforcer does not. Them. Give me one of them. Let me have a soul. Oh, man. No soul for <laughs> Okay, so that was your action. Do you have any bonus actions? Um, I do not think so. Uh, I mean, that in and of itself, actually, I think is a bonus action. Uh, That's an attack action. Or, oh, wait, uh, that yeah, one's an attack. Uh -huh. Yeah, oh, or yeah. an action, yeah. Got it. In that case, uh, no, unless I... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I looked at the wrong one. <laughs> so, yes, that was a bonus action. So you do still have an attack action or an action left. Okay. In that case, um, would running, would heading toward where Richard is, is that going to provide any cover from that sleepless kind of in that tree-ish area, or am I just bringing myself? Uh, well, I see. guess he's at Richard, so I guess that's not going to provide any. Okay. All right. In that case, um, he's going to move back behind where he was, back into cover for the moment. Okay. And then hold. Now you could. You could have moved in front of Richard, just so you know. That was within your range. Yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't concerned about range. I was more concerned about would it provide cover for the sleepless to not be able to see me as well. But of course not if ah, he's aiming up. So, gotcha. Okay. Backtrack. Yeah. All right. Um, we go to Smokey. Uh, he's going to keep uh, doing his empowering chorus. So he's breaking into a sea shanty of sorts. Um, he's going to move the 30 feet still to have cover. What was the look I didn't move? I think I might be able to move it. Hey, look at that. Look at that. Hey, got it. Oh, now, now it moved too far. I know, I'm moving it. It's oh, be okay. <laughs> there you go. And then, um, I, is Sleepless elevated? It looks like it, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And Straker and Enforcer are down on like the grass below Sleepless. Correct. Yeah, Got and it. that's so about us uh, 16 feet okay. up on Sleepless. Okay. But that's enough for my revolver. So I'm going to take a pot shot at them as my action. Okay. Uh, it's a 17. Do I have a. Oh, wait a second. You're looking at a DC uh, 20. 20. Yeah, 23. Cool. Damage? D10 plus 2. Cocked. 
Seven points of piercing. Oh, you took him to 69. <laughs> Lovely. And then do you have a bonus or anything? No, I did my bonus with my season. Gotcha. So the enforcer, oh, did I, did I make him visible? I don't think I did. Oh yeah, I did, there he is, okay. All right, so he, on his right hand, uh, has, or left hand, he has a pair of brass knuckles. He's got the pistol on his right, he's got a pair of brass knuckles. He takes a swing at uh, Richard with the brass knuckles. And what is your current defense? Mute. You're muted. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, does that did that add it on to it when I? Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. He 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 okay. crit failure, so it doesn't gotcha. matter. So okay. he takes a swing, uh, and before he swings, he throws his hand back, <laughs> and the brass knuckles just fly off, <laughs> and he whiffs it. Uh, gotcha. So. Uh, no more brass knuckles for him. They go off into the grass. Gotcha. Uh, Simone. Automatically adds that on. Uh, do I have to roll a perception to see what I'm shooting at? Uh, right at this point, because of the action that is now going on, you've got you kind of know where everybody is, so you don't have to roll. Okay, and sleepless is still. He's still in in. Uh, three quarters cover, so he is difficult to hit. He, you'll have to get a DC of 20 to try to hit him, even if your range would actually allow you to, which I don't know necessarily if you can even hit him. Um, how far is this? Uh, 90 feet. You've been, hang you've been hanging out or running with each other for a while, right? Mm-hmm. So they would know that when I'm singing that, that if they get closer to me, they get... They get okay. bonuses, Advantage. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Didn't know if I had to break into my song and say, hey, by the <laughs> way, and then come back to the song. So I was planning to move a couple of feet over for, for a clearer shot. Oops, I'm now just measuring things. Um, and then use the longbow. Okay. So if you go into that yellow area that Smokey has put out there for you, so if you moved even right into here, that would give you uh, advantage on that attack. So will that just be a two-handed attack? Uh, you're doing it with the bow? Yeah. Uh, I think it's always a two-handed attack, yeah. Yeah, so you'll hit the oh, plus hit. six roll two-handed attack. And then did you do that with advantage? There should have been a little yes. window that popped up Looks normal like advantage, disadvantage, right? Okay. Uh, so you got a 22. Good. All right. So that's good. So now you're going to roll damage. There's normal and critical? Uh, normal. It's just normal, right? Mm-hmm. Six. All right. Uh, so you clip basically like the side of his face with the arrow. Uh, so just barely nick him. Now, 
Are those poison arrows? I think they are, aren't they? Shooter is poison. Oh, it's the pea shooter. Okay, that's what it was. All right. Okay. Option of poisoning the arrows or not. Gotcha. All right. So you clipped him, did some damage. Uh, and then do you have any bonus actions that you want to take? I don't know if you uh, have any. It doesn't look like you do. Yeah, I didn't know. Okay. Uh, so from you, uh, we go to Sleepless. All right. So he was taking aim at uh, Straker. You clipped him. Uh, but I'm going to keep him on Straker, I think, because he's pretty determined. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that's a crit, too. <laughs> oh, buddy. All right, so damage. 24. Oh. Jesus! Ow, ow. Wow. Uh-uh. Yeah, that hurt. <laughs> uh, so that blows through your shoulder. <laughs> and exits out the back. Ow. Uh, Eliza. Can I... Is this middle section where they are, is that up higher? Or is that down lower? Can I see uh, them where I this, am? This section here, or the section where the sleepless is? That. The okay. Second. The second one, it's about 16 feet up in the air. So, from your vantage point, yeah, I you can see over uh, the other balcony, yes. Okay. Who can I see? Uh, Anybody? Or are they? Can I see any, any of the guys? Or can I tell where it came from? Where the uh, where the sniper thing came from? Yes. Yeah. You you've got an idea, and you can just see kind of the top of his head and the rifle kind of over top of that. So he's in three quarters cover. It's a it's a twenty to be able to hit him uh, in cover. And that's, you can always take solace in my song. I'm trying to figure out how if I should get closer, if I should just try to use my crossbow can go, what does it say, 200 to 400 feet. So I think I could reach him from where I'm at, but yep. I'd have yep. to be, I don't know. Yeah, and I think you would have to move and take a dash to get into his area from the look of it. You're 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Yeah, you would have to dash to get into it. So that would take up your action. Mm -hmm. And I'm the last one to go, so I got nothing to do. For mm -hmm. there. Well, I mean, you can shoot him from there. You've got the range to shoot. Well, that's what I'm wondering. All right, I'm just going to do that. Uh, crossbow two-handed and then roll two-handed attack is that what i'm clicking yeah. mm -hmm. normal i guess i did 11 okay yep it whizzes past uh do you have any other extra actions 
Genius metal refresh. Genius. So no. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I really. I mean, I think the uh, expect the unexpected, but I, it says you can use this bonus in place of your strength or dis- dexterity modifier when making a saving throw. Okay. Yeah. No, you're good. You're good Sorry. right now. Yep, you're fine. <laughs> Not in this case. Uh, and Henry is still hiding, so we go back to the top of the round for Asher. Uh, where's Smokey's field at? I know from experience. Uh, again. Yeah, you need to get within 30 feet of him. Okay. Can you, can you see the yellow uh, area, or is it just for me? I don't see anything. Oh, you don't? You okay, so, so you need to get about right here. Oh, okay. Uh, and if I dash over there, is everybody still about visible the same? Oh, I can see the yellow field now. Oh, you can uh, see that's it what now. That button, that's what that button does. Okay. What button was that? Uh, when you put it out and you right-click, it turns red. Oh, okay. And that means it's visible for everybody, I guess. Cool. So, I know. All right, so I'm going to use my bonus action. I'm going to, like, hop up. I'm like flip up on the edge of the wall using my parkour and run with my arrows pointing out. And when I get over here, I'm gonna fire off two shots and flip back down under cover or partial cover. Is that gotcha. cool? Yep. Uh, and I think I'm gonna shoot. Who's who do I have the best shot of? Once I get um, probably the enforcer and or the sleepless. Um, I feel like maybe we're straight. So he's next. So maybe if I can kill, if I get lucky and kill the Enforcer, I could free Richard to take on Sleepless up close. So let's try it out, the Enforcer. Cool. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. And and I have advantage now to attack. Is that right? Because I'm yes. in that field. Okay. Mm-hmm. Twenty six. Twenty six. Yeah, that'll do damage. 14. 14. Wow. Okay. I'm assuming he's still alive, so I can do my he second is. shot. Okay. Yep. Try my second yeah. shot. 24 to hit. Oh, that hit. second one is an advantage. It's just the first. Just the first, yeah. I'm sorry, what? Your attack, uh, you only get oh. advantage on the first attack. Oh, okay. Every okay. attack. So I'll reroll then. All right. 21. There you go. All right. Damage <laughs> on that one. And eight. Eight. Okay. How's he looking? <laughs> He's perforated. <laughs> he has taken two shots. Uh, probably one in the shoulder, one in the uh, upper thigh, uh, which kind of causes him to kind of drop down uh, to one knee. Right. I set him up for you to finish him off. <laughs> All right, Richard, you can finish him off. It's you. Um, how much is my wound affecting my movement? I don't know if it does. No, it doesn't. Okay. I may I may have to look into that, but I don't think that it does. Okay. I am going to... Soaring crane technique up to sleepless, then. Now, 
are you subject to opportunity attacks? I am not. Okay. What? Soaring crane technique, I am not suspect to attacks of opportunity when moving in this manner. Sweet. I know. I chose that one for a reason since I'm a hand-to-hand combat person. Um, And I will take my boomstick and attack him twice. Alright, first one misses. Second one. That one hits. Seven. All righty. And then I will use my bonus action. Um, Where was that? Um, Lightning strike. Okay. And I can make an unarmed strike as a bonus action. So basically, I'm going to sweep the leg. All right. Do you have an unarmed strike on your on your page? I, I bet I do not. So that's okay. why I was going to get. That was my next question. Let me just add that real quick. <laughs> I forgot to do that for everybody. We need to put that on everybody's sheet. What the shit, Chris? I know. You're muted, Frank. I missed that little bit. What are we putting on? I was reading something. Uh, if you go to the uh, compendium packs and go under weapons and uh, armor, yep, uh, and then scroll down until you find uh, unarmed strike, you can drag that over to your character sheet and put it in there. I'm putting it in for uh, Clint. Are you doing right it now. for me? Okay. Yep. Okay, you should have it now. Yep, I see it. So unarmed strike. Nine. That's pretty good for an unarmed strike. Well, that's just my roll. Oh, that's, that, that was the roll. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I thought that was a damage. <laughs> exactly. All right. Yeah. So that does not hit. Right. Okay. All right. But you gave him a good whack uh, on the side of the head. And then from Richard, we go to this gangster over here. Uh, who is going to make a move uh, down into this area right here and is going to take a shot at uh, Smokey. Are you crouched or are you standing yeah, up there? I'm crouched. I'm crouched. Okay. All right. And then he's going to take a shot at Simone. How tall is this? That gate? Like we're, we're on this walkway. Uh, it's eight. It's eight feet up, and then you've got about four feet of cover uh, with the um, banister. Yeah. All right, Christy. What is your defense? Fifteen. Fifteen. All right. So he takes a shot and misses. Uh, Papal. Okay. Upon. I say muted. Okay. No. Upon hearing that, um, I pull out the thirty-eight snub and go right back through where I was and see that gangster there and take a couple shots of my own. Right. Uh, now, is, it, uh-huh. is this advantage still then, Smokey? It's for his first one, yeah. For his first until one. It, yeah. Until my next turn, basically. Yeah. Just making sure, because so, I was about to roll. Do it, too, so. 
and I am right when I say advantage is just rolling two, right? Uh, right, it, but it'll do it for you when you pull it up and you and you hit it. It, it could say roll with advantage or with disadvantage. So you're going to click with advantage. Okay, hold on a second. Oh, do it from the sub notes. That's right. Okay, got it. All right, here we go. Oh, no. So if you look at pocket 38 pistol, you roll a one-handed attack. I found it. I thought I had to click the 38 pistol, but I found it. We're good. Okay. Roll with advantage. There it goes. 12. It misses. God damn it. <laughs> and then do you have another one? Um, not another attack. I don't think I can do bonus action. Yeah, you do. You, you've I got have... advanced combat training. When you take the attack action, you can make two attacks, two attacks as part of that action. Oh, sweet. Okay. I had missed that. Thank you. In that case, I'm just, I'm going to keep trying to blast this guy for now. He's uh, hit, tried to hit one of ours and he's getting too close. So. Okay. Try to track the same thing here. Did not get my help on this one, though. Yeah, no advantage on this one. No advantage on this one. Thank you. Okay. Uh, normal. Yeah. yeah. Miss again. Yeah. yeah. All right. Two shots fired. Sure, there's no karma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. And I think that's it. You don't have any more bonus other than mark of death, which you've already done. Yeah. So okay. Uh, Smokey comes to you. Smokey's gonna move towards Hapal. And can you see it now or no? Anybody? You can. Okay. So when it's white, you can see it. All right. Um, bonus action. Keep on with his uh, shanty. Third verse. Thing was the first. Mm-hmm. And going to use his heavy pistol to take on the enforcer. Five, uh, fifteen. That does not hit. No, my. It'd be nice if that would affect, like, for me, to get like you know advantage or shit like that. <laughs> yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 I wonder That's who wrote a- this. <laughs> I don't know, man. Probably some everyday person. <laughs> right, that's it for me. Okay. But I will crouch back down, I suppose. Gotcha. Um, then we go to the Enforcer, actually. So he's hurting pretty bad. Um, and I think since people are now shooting at him. He's going to try to run for cover back in this area right in here. Uh, Simone. So the gangster is the one who shot at me? Yes. And he's pretty much right out in the open. So if I move a little closer, right out in the open. I didn't move through a wall, did I? No, you went through a door. I think I walked through the door. Um, I will. I will chakram him. Ooh, yeah, baby. Oops, don't need to do that. Let's see. Do I have to choose which one? Are they the same? Dawn the and same. dusk. Are you gonna make the, the same? Are you gonna make the Xena noise? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I, <laughs> that for me? <laughs> Is that again? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. 
I still have to throw it, I think. Yes, so um, you need to switch to thrown uh, to do that. So uh, you've got one-handed and then thrown. And then it's a plus six that I yep. will throw it. Mm-hmm. And if you have advantage, if you want to use that as well. I do. Oh. Alright, so 17, that definitely hits. And then roll damage. Oh, man. My damage rolls are not good. Yep. I always forget I can't do that. You did. You nicked him. Like Sleepless, I gave him an intriguing scar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... So you end up cutting uh, him. Uh, he's got his arm up, pointing at you with the pistol. Uh, you end up catching him just in, like right underneath his armpit on the right-hand side. And then, let's see, do you have any bonus actions? Uh, there's one bonus. Since, since weakness. Choose a target within your line of sight. Your magic grants you a brief insight into the target's defenses. On your next turn, you gain advantage on your first attack roll against the target. Uh, so you've, you're already kind of getting that because you're within range of Smokey. But you can you can call the bonus if you want to, just to, just to be safe. Yeah, I will do that. Just in case he has to take it down for some reason. Yeah, should I be um, rolling? Nope, you don't have to roll. You just say, I'm, I'm going to take my bonus action, and uh, next next time you act, you're going to roll at advantage, even if you're out of Smokey's range. Okay. I will do okay. that. And the range also, my, my smokiness or whatever you could call it, uh, also does advantage for ability checks, not just attacks. All right, so the sleeper, or sleepless, uh, drops the sniper and reaches inside his jacket and produces a machete uh, and swipes at Richard with the machete. That would not be considered an opportunity attack, correct? Correct. This is his normal attack. And he gets a 12. What's your defense? 14. Okay. He's going to do it again because he gets two attacks. And 14 on that one, so that one hits. Got a 10 for damage on that one. So he cuts you right across the stomach. Uh, Eliza. Right. Um, I want to help... How many squares can I go to get through the the doorway there? Uh, you can dash and, and double that distance, and that would put you to 30, 40, 50. Yeah, to right, right okay, where well, Papaw is or just that. next to him. Yeah, you can go right next to Papaw right there. Because I can enact the... Well, first of all, first question, sorry. Yep. Um, if... Has it been an hour since I enacted my expect the unexpected? That was my first move. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. All right. So if I, it doesn't say that it gets canceled if I enact another plan, but does that happen? Some um, of them, it, I don't know if that one. No, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, I have the way of the wind. 
so um, I can kind of fly or run real fast, I think. Ah, yep, there you go. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I do that, that's my whole action, I guess. Or I don't know. Oh, so that doubles your dash. Yeah. So you you could go another thirty feet. But can I? Does that just move me and then that's it? I can't that's just going to move you. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could do a cupping motion with my hand and have you step into it and then hoist you up. Into <laughs> it. I just don't know if that's going to do. <clears throat> Let me get closer, guys. I just. I'm going to fly over there and get real close to him and then be the last one to go. And then they're all going to shoot me as I'm flying through the air. <laughs> well, here, here's what I would advise is aim. If you can get there, come yeah, right here because that'll, that'll put you in cover right there. Okay. So it'll make it more difficult for them to, to shoot you. All right. Well, I will do that then. That just came to me out of the blue. I just knew where to go. Do I have to roll for that? Uh, I don't think so. You have to spend one genius point to enact that plan. Okay. Oh, I'm already down to three. Oh, because I clicked on it, it automatically took it off. Okay. Yep. And... They're right here? Yep. Okay. All right. Hello. Uh, and then we're back to Asher. Sorry, this is going a little long tonight, guys. That's okay. Um, let's see here. I think I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> I think I'm going to use my parkour skills and my bonus dash. I don't even think I have. I don't I'm not even sure if I have to use my bonus dash, but I'm going to use my parkour skills to scale down and flip off the wall and run over to this gangster guy and attack him with my tomahawk. All right. Martial now, does he skills. get attack of opportunity on you? I don't know, does he? If he does, then I'm not going to do that. Usually attack of opportunity <laughs> is when they exit. When they exit. Okay. Not, not enter it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um... So if that's cool, I'm going to do that. And mm-hmm. and I'm going to whip out my the tomahawk you know, while I'm doing all this and attack. If I remember correctly, I think this is like the monk thing. I can attack, get a bonus. So I didn't use my bonus action dash because it was just 30 feet. Right. So uh, I attack, use a bonus action for martial arts, and then attack again with my tomahawk. Does that, right. does that sound right? Yep. Okay. Um... So let's let's try out this tomahawk. See what happens here. Okay. Twenty two that hits. And at six plus they have the real constitution for that poison. Okay. So that takes him down. Constitution. Fourteen. Um what was that? Sorry, hold on. Let's see if they have to hit DC 15 to stop it, so they get points and damage then. All right, so that's how many points for? Yep, you want me to roll it? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so that's three points of poison damage. 
And then the unarmed strike, I just realized with martial arts, I have 1d6, not 1d4. Is there a way for me to change, update that real quick? Oh, um... Or we can just... Actually, I think I could see it if you don't mind me changing it. Okay, yeah, no, go ahead, yeah. All right, let's see if that worked. Yeah, all right. Even assuming I even hit. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a hit. So, so I hit him with the, the tomahawk, spin around, do a th- side kick on him, and then I'm going to try to hit him one more time with tomahawk and see. Okay. Jeez, I'm rolling really good. Okay. Um, there's 10, and then I don't know if, how, if he takes another poison or not. Well, just one round. I don't think that matters. <laughs> uh, so you just go ape shit on him and just hack, hack, hack. Yeah, he shot me. Um, <laughs> Very angry. <laughs> you take off his right arm uh, completely, uh, and he goes down. That's the arm he shot me with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Richard. Okay. Um, do do do. Since I'm standing right next to him, I really don't need to do much to get to him or anything. But I'm gonna whack him twice with my boomstick. Okay. That yeah. doesn't get him. Yep, Levin's miss. Jesus Christ, Ace a miss. Okay, so that tells me I am now going to. Um. Basically, I'm going to use quickness to disengage as my bonus action. Okay. Um, and no attack of opportunity for the disengage, right? Um, that would be under normal circumstances, yes. But since I am a skirmisher, as a reaction, I can cause one opportunity attack made against me to automatically miss. Okay. All right. so, so you he, can do he, it if you want to, but I'm going to make it miss. He takes you disengaged. Swing. You disengaged as an as a bonus action, right? Right. Or an but, action, which means I don't get opportunity attacks. That, okay. Yeah. So okay. he he does gotcha. take a swing, but misses. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, Papal. If I move up my thirty feet, which is here, is sleepless mm-hmm. within thirty feet of me from that point? Uh, I think so. Five, ten, fifteen, oh. twenty. Yeah, uh, he is. I will be using Glimpse of Death on both him and the Enforcer. And so it's going to have me make an insight check, which is plus 9. And I've got to hit 12 because there's two enemies on the field. Um, If I hit that, then they can make a uh, check against my insight. um, And if they fail it, they're stunned. Okay. End of my next turn. So I'll do an insight roll, maybe. Go back over to the front page. There we go. Yeah, that's going to end for sure. And they make it against my insight proficiency bonus, which is 12 total. So I think they've got to hit a 12. And do they roll wisdom? Yeah, they roll wisdom. Yeah, okay. they've got to hit 12, 12 or better on wisdom. Damn it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> this guy's an asshole. And then do you have anything else? That was an attack action, correct, or just regular action? Oh, you're on mute. You're on mute. Yep. 
sorry about that. It was an attack action, so I can do a bonus action, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I would like to attempt if I can, because the telepathy says I can attempt it on a combatant. I just have it's a roll against each other. I want to try to establish a psychic link with the sleepless to figure out what the hell this thing is. Why? why it's what's going on here? Why is it attacking us? Little cuddle bear. Well, this is this is communication only, so you can only talk to him. You're not reading his mind. Right, right. If I, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna straight up ask him. Is what I mean. Okay. I mean, I won't be able to just know, but I'm I'm gonna at least attempt the ask and see if we can discern motivation mm -hmm. inside again. All right. Uh, don't fail me now. Plus nine. Yeah, that'll that'll that should do it. And then he rolls. Damn it. Yeah, you got a 20. Oh, fuck. What is with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lack of sleep. It's made him crazy. It's like he's on bath salts. I think Asher just uh, read his mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we go to Smokey. Can I... Uh drop down like what is it eight feet you said yeah mm -hmm. so i like to drop down and, and um what kind of cover is available in this area like i don't know is that a bush that i could hide behind or is okay doesn't matter uh i'm gonna move you make an acrobatics check uh to jump off 17 okay yep no problem uh, then I'm going to use my bonus action to continue my shanty, and then I'm going to take my pistol and shoot the enforcer. Okay. Fifteen. Misses. Okay. Uh, the enforcer is going to <laughs> return fire uh, at this point. Hey. Got a 17. I assume that hits. My defense is 17, yes. Oh, well, uh, yeah. That's, it's 17 to 17, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Four damage on that one. Simone. Um, may I use the bonus action of sensing weakness against sleepless? Yep. Oh, but you, you called that already. Uh, I think, but we, we just didn't say who it was going to be. So you've got it. Um, so you basically have advantage on an attack against him. It says I can have a brief insight into the target's defenses. What would that mm -hmm. mean? Well, it, it basically it just gives you advantage on, uh, on your next, uh, on your next role. Uh, so you're just kind of spotting a potential weak point on him. Uh, and, basically kind of what you're looking at, what you can see uh, is, you know, he, he's basically wearing no armor. Uh, so, I mean, he's fairly open right now and his attention is certainly not on you. So he's not going to be able to dodge probably. So uh, it just gives you the advantage to, uh, to be able to hit him. So when you make your attack roll on him, then you get advantage. One arrow. All right, one arrow, 23. That definitely hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Yeah. Ten. All right, good. Dodge that, basalt. 
All right, so that one sticks him uh, in uh, basically right in his shoulder, uh, in his right shoulder there. Uh, so you've you've hit him, done a little bit of damage there. Uh, after that, we go to the sleepless. It's his turn. He did drop the uh, sniper, and he is going to one, two, three, four, five, six. And come pretty close to Papal, but he doesn't quite make it exactly to him. Or can he? Hold on, wait. He was right here. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, yeah, he can cut it. All right, Papal, put your dukes up. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming down with a slash with the uh, with the machete. Okay. Do you think my defense? Uh, yeah, what's your defense? Is 14. All right, he hits. With okay. an 18. Okay. Nine points of damage on that. Right. Uh, Eliza. Okay. <clears throat> Is my whip long enough to reach him? I can't. I'm not sure how far away I am from him. What are you trying to hit him with? My whip. I'm going to wrap yeah. it around neck and yank as hard as I can. Sure. Yep. That'll work. Okay. Love it. Um, <laughs> oh, finally got 22. Okay. Yep. That's a hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, and your intention is to try to pull him off of his feet, correct? All right, I'm going to make an agility saving or dexterity saving throw here. I figured. 26. Yeah. All right. So you got him by the neck at least. So he is restrained at this point. Um, and then from there, we go back to Asher. Who's who's restrained? Was it sleepless or? Okay, sleepless. Sleepless, yeah. Whoop. He's not prone. There we go. And what's that do to someone when they're strained? It's... I think their uh, movement is reduced to zero. Okay. Um, uh, do we take prisoners? Or... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what's the norm of our group? <laughs> I think we're setting that norm right now. You tell me. <laughs> Uh, we're not we're not cannibals yet, right? Not yet. Make sure. <laughs> okay, good. Um, because I think I'm thinking about flanking him and attacking. Then, so is that is that cool for everybody, or should I? Are we gonna try to capture him? Is, is when he's restrained, is he captured? Like, is he? No. Uh, well, no, I mean, he, he can escape from that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna I'm gonna uh, roll over here. Oops. So, so I can flank him. So Papa and I can team up here a little bit. That gives me advantage, right? Mm -hmm. Attack and and go ahead and start tomahawking, slashing, kicking, all that good stuff, and see what okay. I can get. Um, at advantage, right? So that's a hit. 
at 25. 10 damage. And he has to roll against that poison. Okay. That's a constitution saving throw. 15, yeah. Got 10. So you move. One more. One point. Okay. Okay. That continues to go with every round, so he's got to roll constitution every round. Okay. It was your... How that would work. Um, so the unarmed attack, I like kick him in the knee. That's a hit at 21. Seven more points. And then try to do another slash down by his throat. Okay. 24. Seven more. Oh. They hurt. He's All right, yeah. He's, uh, he's looking pretty cut up, for sure. All right, cool. Uh, Richard. And advantage for flanking on this. Oh, good. Is that way the way Heroes works? Hmm. Is that the mm-hmm. way Heroes yeah. works? Because usually you have to be opposite each other. Oh, opposite? Um, yeah. Mm, okay. That's right about that but he would have but he's but he is restrained anyway he's restrained yeah Yeah. okay we're just piling on on top of him (laughs) that's a hit i'm singing a song about it (laughs) you're going to sleep today ain't seattle but you're going to sleep (laughs) six damage okay oh damn it keep forgetting i can't do that okay and the second one Yep. That's a hit at 19. And that's with the staff, right? Yeah, that was with the staff. Okay. And then since he is prone. Mm -hmm. Now, are you adding your chi to that or no? Um, No, I have to call that. You have to call it. Okay. Yes, as a bonus action. Okay. But um, as my bonus action this time, I am going to uh, do an unarmed strike. I'm going to kick him. Because I don't like him. Oh, <laughs> critical. <laughs> Where did you kick him? In the testicles. <laughs> In the testicles. <laughs> All right, so you uh, hit him whack, whack with with the staff, and then just come up with a with a kick to the groin, lifts him up. <laughs> off of the the ground flipping him over the banister of the stairway right behind the whip is still around his neck it pulls eliza forward who digs her feet into the banister on her side and you hear his neck snap we got Uh, a song for that smoky (laughs) uh papa here go give me a moment I'll, i'll come up with something Oh, you're muted again there. I noticed that. What kind of mood is this enforcer in right now? Uh, panic. <laughs> Great. Okay, so we'll use that. Can I, can I, I mean, is he still armed, I'm assuming? He is. Okay, I will keep my pistol trained on him, uh, but I kind of walk, I mean, I kind of walk around the corner, and I'm pointing at him, and I just say, one chance, drop it. But seriously, he's got about five seconds, or I'm fine. So. Okay. Uh, so you're going to roll uh, intimidation. Okay. 
Uh... <coughs> Oops. <laughs> well. Critical failure. <laughs> Critical failure. <laughs> you go... <laughs> I just start... <laughs> as as I'm coughing and choking, I just pull the trigger. Okay. <laughs> well, you did have advantage on that, right? Oh. On what? Oh, what? On the intimidation? Track? In my circle, your first attack roll, your first oh, ability check is advantage. Yeah. Oh, roll. I thought it was just attack rolls. You, you can okay. roll it again. No. Yeah. Then I can. I just roll thank it again, you, Sean. right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you, Sean. I thought it was just for attack rolls. Well, as a, as a character with just passive abilities, I'm kind of trying to. Hey, guys, <laughs> use me. Use me. Bad. <laughs> All right, eleven still doesn't hit, unfortunately. Then we'll still just pop him with the pistol. That's <laughs> that'll do it. Okay. Eight damage. Yep. All right, you distracted him with your coughing. <laughs> he turned towards you, and as he did, uh, you fire and blast him right in the face, and it, the top of his head just flies straight off. <laughs> I mean, even as that happens, I, I go, well, fuck. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> All right, so I know it's it's late, uh, so I will probably end it right here. You guys will be able to uh, take a little bit more time to get the truck up and running, and we'll pick up basically right from here uh, in two weeks then. So I hope that was enjoyable for you guys. I know it was a little mm -hmm. struggle trying to figure out how everything works, but I think it went pretty well. Yeah, it's um, This works we, much better on this than it does on Marvel, that's it for does. sure. Yeah, it does, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you think of anything tonight, tomorrow, uh, that I need to look at, send me a message in Facebook uh, and let me know if there's something that uh, came up that seemed like maybe we need to address it, uh, and then I will try to make the adjustments before we meet again. Okay? Sounds good. All right. Good game tonight, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure Thank you. playing with everybody. All right. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see y'all later.